0: On the Pilot TV podcast this week, we're tapping into our inner kung fu masters for Jonathan Tropper's Fists of Fury action drama, Warrior. We're going on patrol with Shamar Moore and his special weapons team for season two of SWAT and catching up with everything that's been going down in Shondaland while simultaneously basking in the glory of Viola Davis for the new season of How to Get Away with Murder. I'm James Dyer and welcome to The Pilot TV Podcast, a show that is celebrating a very special occasion this week. Just one week, in fact, after the podcast turned 40 episodes old, our very own Terry White, who's really only vaguely listening at this point, turned 40 (laughs) years old. Yes... Despite subsisting for the past four decades exclusively on a diet of beef and tomato pot noodles and hand-delivered ham and cheese sandwiches, she hits this milestone with a smile on her face and a selection of unspeakably depressing true crime documentaries in her watch list. She is (laughs) Queen of the North, bestower of chufty badges, bane of banshee segments and maker of rules. (laughs) <laughs> she is this week's birthday girl. It's Terry White.
1: Oh, Happy birthday, Terry. Thank you. How are you feeling? Uh, amazing. Decrepit.
0: Aged, amazing. Good.
1: Like, I was saying to somebody the other day, I think I said this on social media, actually, which is, you know, the same much, thing as talking to a human, yeah. which yeah. is, I think it's an immense privilege to be 40 and to get to get older. Um, I've got no... I thought I'd have a panic about, like... My boobs getting lower and skin starting to do things it shouldn't do and all of that kind of stuff. And I'm not bothered about any of it. Like I had a, a bit of a crisis when I turned 30 about getting old and losing my youth, because as we talk about a James a lot, society puts so much value in women's physicality. But I've turned 40 and I couldn't give a fuck anymore. It's quite liberating. I just, I don't care. I'm just dead giddy and it's my birthday party tonight. It is. So I am dead excited and you're coming. I am,
0: which is extra- an extraordinary development. I can't
1: believe you're coming. I oh, was no. like, just so convinced you weren't going to. I am so chuffed. No you're coming. one
0: is more surprised than I am. <laughs> <laughs> and I and yet, forward, here we are. I
1: look forward to you sitting in the corner refusing to talk to anybody.
0: I went to, uh, I went to a 40th birthday party last weekend for a friend of mine and, uh, and uh, the dance floor and the corner of the dance floor was a and I shit you not a faux leather armchair and it was almost as if and, and I still maintain it may have been they had designed it for me I didn't move from it I think all evening I sat you've there. got
2: two fortieth birthday parties in a row yeah in the same that is extraordinary yeah, I mean, I w- is, yeah. is it? Uh, yeah <laughs> I've got to go <laughs> I mean, statistically I'm yeah. going to my other friend's uh, birthday theatre visit um, tonight the arts. Um, yeah yeah But now I need to go. You need to stay till, like, like maybe I need to come along and see you, like, in the late part of the party, just to see how you are and how you're faring. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I might might be dead by that point. I'll have to
0: see.
2: (laughs) I mean, you've just heard from
0: him, but joining us for Terry's on-air birthday celebration is her other party guest a man who rocks a party hat like no other and who I can only assume is providing the bulk of the famouses
2: for Terry's birthday party, Shindig. Uh, It's Boyd Hilton. Who who are you bringing, Boyd? Who's who's coming? Um, My brother's going to be there. Yeah, he's very famous. Is he? Um, No. 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 (laughs) Um, James Corden wished Terry a happy birthday when I saw him yesterday. Did he? Yeah. Did he really? And I'm sure he'd come if he wasn't you Know doing other stuff, other more important yeah. things, yes. Okay, no, that's, There you that's go. That seems yeah, fair. he went out of his way. And he, uh, um, we agreed that she's an inspiration. Did he uh, did Didn't he mention Did he ask, you. ask about me? Didn't mention no. you, <laughs> talked about the pilot TV podcast, <laughs> Terry being <an> inspiration, <laughs> how much he enjoys the podcast again. Um, how yeah, this, that, and the other yep. exciting. Looking forward to Gavin stay. all of that. Did not mention you. Did you share with him my uh insightful critique of Gavin and Stacey on the podcast recently. No, I'm sure he's going to get around to it, though, any yeah. second now, as he gets catches up with the podcast, let, as he does, let, as let, his let, won't. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Oh,
0: James. <laughs> Shall we get on to what we're watching? Terry, the birthday girl. What depressing shit have you been wading through this week?
1: So I finished uh, Years and Years, which um, I've been thinking about how we can talk about this, because obviously... I'm sure a few people may have missed the finale, or are watching it kind of delayed on um, on catch up. So I'm just going to say right now, um, if you haven't watched the final episode of Years and Years, please skip ahead a bit. Um, We'll put we'll put a mark in or something. If, for
0: example. I haven't seen the final episode of Years and Years, the, and don't want to spoil.
1: Oh my God, James! <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: so annoying. Can I skip ahead? Could I yes. step out? Yeah, yeah. And then you
1: can fuck off you, if you want. You yeah.
0: wave at the window, and I'll come back in when it's safe. Yeah,
1: let's do that. Do you think, that yeah. do you think that's a good idea. Yeah,
0: go on. <laughs> is this is actually going to happen. Are we yeah, no, I mean, yeah. All right, yeah. All, right, all right, I'm going. James bye. Bye. is taking his,
1: his headphones off. Bye, bye guys. Leave now. Bye. 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 Leave quicker. Um. <laughs> Boyd. Yeah. So you went like full. James is now officially He's out officially of the room. Um, he went full kind of sci-fi. Yes. At the end,
2: it did. Yeah. So she.
1: So the whole. it's the whole thing been? Um, Jessica Hines' character downloading her consciousness. Essentially.
2: Um, I'm not sure about that. I think. I think we. I think it's possible that mm. it is. And obviously, the moment where, the moment where it jumped to her being in that sci-fi situation yes. where they're, the two the scientists the boffins are yes. working on her extracting her um, consciousness or whatever yes. it was they were doing that was done in that forward Fast forward, yes, sped up effect, as if yes, suddenly we were transferring to James is wandering back in. I've come back in because something's occurred to me. I edit the podcast. Yeah,
1: of course you did. There but is you no way for me to avoid bit. this information. <laughs> oh, right, I'm
2: back now. Carry on. As I was saying, um, yeah. So it could be that it's. That I think. We, I think it's. It, it's possible that yeah. it's all in her consciousness. But then I think. But then I think. I don't think that's. I don't think so because I think we're, we're meant to accept. You know all the events that we've seen that she wasn't. Therefore, yes. happened as they happened, but but he definitely became uh, merged with her consciousness in the end and i think you know there was a, it was talking about how you know what what do the stories we tell each other as yeah. within families mean, mean and how does you know i mean the kind of big revolutionary
1: yeah
2: ending which was incredible i thought and kind of brilliantly subversive particularly at this moment in time as boris johnson becomes mm. the to prime ministership um that all of that was maybe being you know told via her in her head yeah. but but it did become very, it reminded me, I don't know, it reminded me a little bit of, um, do you ever see the Dennis Potter, his last two... Oh, yeah. Two big <laughs> things he did, which were very flawed yeah. and kind of pottery. But he went full kind of science fiction for years and he had heads in glass cases being, work, you know, conscious. There was a consciousness being struck, yeah. thing that he was working on a bit. Um, so it reminded me of that. But he, it became this huge, big, incredibly ambitious, exciting thing. I mean,
1: yeah. it, it, I have to say, I. Didn't expect it to go no. there, and I was—I still don't really know how I feel about it. This show's worked best for me when it's a kind of an approximation of where we are now, but you know, yeah. a, a little bit further ahead, so you can totally relate to the kind of civil unrest and what what happens politically and the inhumane treatment of um, refugees and all of mm. those things that are already we see the seeds of in our society. Yeah. When it went full sci-fi. I really... I was so shocked and I was trying to find my footing a bit. I was like, how do I feel yeah,
2: yeah. about this? Yeah.
1: And I still don't know yeah. how I feel no, about I it. Think that's
2: fair enough, yeah.
1: But it was total. I mean, it yeah. felt so ambitious. Yeah,
2: exactly. that's what I, I just felt. I, I kind of, like, my heart soared because I think... Because I love the way... Russell T Davies, does, he does big, big, bold endings. And yeah. uh, he has said, he said that he had the last scene in his mind when he first started writing it. That's he knew nice he was going to end up at that moment. So it was always his plan yeah. for that to happen. And I thought, I, I, I love how big he goes. Yeah, and it was, and it was big. <laughs> it was, you know, it was proper sci-fi. Yeah, but and it, and a bit Torchwood, even yeah. you know, people have said. But it worked for me. yeah I thought it was fantastic. I've watched it a couple of times now.
1: Well, but um, James, Neil no culture boy.
0: Yeah,
2: just bald white men all look <laughs> the same. Bald, you, I
1: know right? yeah. you really all do. Um, yeah, you should watch it. I'm I interested will. in in as a fan of sci-fi and a real kind of nerd about the details of sci-fi. I'd be really interested in your take on on whether
0: it is. Goes. It is very much on my watch list. I do. I do want to see it, even if you have now ruined it. Uh, but sure, so I'll uh, I'll, uh, I'll I'll get into that soon. And, and
1: I do just want to shout out. I said this on Twitter last night, but Anne Reid. Oh yeah. Is just for me the dominating, Jessica Hines is always amazing, but Anne Reid, that performance, and I, you've mentioned it before um, Boyd, her relationship with her daughter-in-law yeah. and, and the kind of, the real, she gives a speech, she gave a speech in the finale um, which is essentially about personal individual responsibility um, and kind of how these things only ever come about because of some shared collective responsibility
2: yeah.
1: uh, which was kind of amazing I think she's just been the standout before of the entire thing i think yeah, she's such a beautiful yeah. actress
2: yeah that speech was incredible and i want to give a shout out to the music murray gold's music which was unbelievably like the propulsive which has been all the way through has been like i mean you know i think um master davis always gets a lot of the times it is murray gold doing music he did the music for doctor who when he was charge of doctor who but the music for this was so important i think in, in driving the thing along mm. Yeah. Uh, and is this a one and done? This is,
0: this is a one season show, series, uh, yeah. show, I should say. I, I, I haven't seen the end, but I get the impression. that Yeah, it's he was, <laughs> not people have said anyway.
2: oh they'd love it to come back, but he was very pretty firm that yeah. you know this was, this was a, a self contained story, and I think he he's, he's, he's stuck to that with all a lot of his shows that yeah. you know he says it's, it's, this is the story and then he finishes it. Yeah, okay. But then his new th- his next thing, the boys is going to production very very soon. Yeah. I think with Channel Four, which is his big thing about how AIDS affected the generation of gay men. Not to be confused with the Amazon show about no, superheroes, exactly, which is very what, different the title of the boys. Yeah, <laughs> maybe
0: they'll change the title. Yeah, yeah they might have to.
1: So, uh, James, what have you been watching, pal?
0: I feel like we're going to get into that later. But what I will say... Hang
1: on, hang on, hang on. This is the segment at the top of the podcast when we talk about what we've been watching this week.
0: You will find many things about today's podcast are slightly off the rails, and and this is but the first. And you're now refusing Uh,
1: to talk about what you've watched this week because you want to to talk about it later.
0: All I'm going to say is I have
2: watched only one episode of Sons of Anarchy this week, so... That oh, wow, that's quite. Wearing a Sons of An- well, you were wearing a Sons of Anarchy t-shirt yesterday. Do I like to. Yeah. I like to in, pretend in a I'm, I'm, a, I'm a member of the MC mm. sometimes. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's true. Right. So skipping ahead slightly, we're going to get on to Funny or Dire, uh, in which we take a classic episode of quote-unquote funny show uh, and see if it has what it takes to elicit the lols. Now, this week's victim comes from Keith Leon on Twitter, as we said last week, and it is The IT Crowd Series 2 Episode 1, The Work Outing. So, okay... Recap. The IT Crowd, as its name might suggest, is a show about the IT department of a fictional company, Uh, one comprised of Chris O'Dowd, uh, Richard Ayoade, and Catherine Parkinson. Uh, It comes to us, like Father Ted and Black Books, from the mind of comedian Graham Linehan, who seems to get most of his attention these days from his, um, shall we say, somewhat... Controversial and uh, hardline stance on transgender issues. Uh, with that in mind, this episode is a whole can of worms. It is, it is. I regard I believe didn't you, tell it this, this is regarded as the best episode of the RT um, crowd
2: by certainly by a lot of fans. Yeah, there's a, I would say there's two or three that are in the contention. This is definitely one of the top three. I would say. Yeah, yeah. But, is, there is one actually about a trans. There is a trans storyline. Yes, well, say, but isn't that, really that the trans story one was the one that kicked off this um, whole kind of thing? I with not, him. Yeah, kind of. Because that's kind what started the discussion, wasn't bit, it? Yeah. yeah. So this is the whole... a brilliant dinner party one, sorry, which okay. is, is my favourite. Carry on.
0: <laughs> well this so this this particular one, the workouting, sees Moss, Roy and Jen go to see a play, specifically a play called Gay, a gay musical. Um, And if casual homophobia isn't enough, there's also a whole comedy scene where Roy pretends to be disabled as well, which hasn't aged fabulously either. So this aired in 2007, and I think it's really funny. Like When people watch Fawlty Towers, which is unarguably brilliant, and people say, the thing with Fawlty Towers is, it's a product of its age. You couldn't make that now, but it was 1975. Do you know what? Things have changed. I mean, this is 2007, and you couldn't fucking make this now. Like, it really, really is quite problematic and yet and yet let's cut straight to the heart of this this made me laugh whoa this did make me laugh but not I should point out very specifically I find Chris O'Dowd incredibly amusing in most of the things he does and Let's, let's skip straight to the disabled storyline. The storyline in this is that he goes to use a disabled toilet and Moss tells him, you can't do that, it's illegal. He goes in there, instead of flushing it, he pulls the emergency cord, people come and break the door down, and so instead of going, shit, sorry, I thought that was a flush, he lies down on the floor and puts on a <laughs> disabled voice um, and goes, I'm disabled. <laughs> And then I think it's more the to, comedy flows. I think
2: it's more supposed to be a a kind of winsome. I, I've been a, had an accident voice. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, I'm not uh, convinced. I, yes, and, um, and I also think. Oh, uh, do you know what? All this, I actually, I actually don't agree. I think, I think he, I think he'd probably try and get away with most of this really? now. Yeah, the casual because, homophobia, the kind of. Well, first of all. I, d- I think I don't think it, I think it's a very funny take on ha- what people regard as being gay and as yes. what, and, and that's and, and it's equally a funny take on if you ended up accidentally having to pretend to be disabled it is incredibly <laughs> funny in the same way that Moss ends up having to pretend to be working yes. at the theater when he gets stuck it's stuck in in the, in the staff toilet. and that is brilliantly funny yeah. I, so I genuinely so I did watch this again I, Now, I've already seen this dozens of times probably because I love the crowd yeah. I love I love the show I love everyone in it you know and it's still making me laugh, yeah. And it's not, and I think in the end, this comes down to, for me, like a lot, there's a Seinfeld episode. There's a, there's, there's a lot of actual classic sitcom episodes of, is, is that person gay or not? It's a kind of yes. quite a standard sitcom trope, really, if I can use the word trope. Um, and I think you just, the tone of it is, abso- it, it, it's like, it isn't really homophobic. It's about how people well, it's are It's gay homophobic. terror, isn't it? It's that kind yeah, of straight male right, gay terror absolutely. thing. That's which what is, they're mining is, for comedy. Which is what they're making fun of, yeah. Mm. They're making fun of of him rather than, rather than gay people. And I think that's clear in the same the classic Seinfeld episode where but they mistake him Seinfeld and George for being gay is a legendarily brilliant. And again, people some people now, when they suddenly stumble upon it, they're like, oh, this is a bit homophobic. It's just not. It's not that is not what it is. So I absolutely defend this to the hill. I still think it's a classic episode, and I still love the IT crowd. Now, and I th- like the fact they made you laugh, because it's still making me laugh. The scene yeah, where yeah. Mo- there's a sh- the timing yes. of when yes. Moss is revealed to be yes. working behind the bar. I laughed aloud is at that. Brilliant. It's just
0: because you've got all the comedy from the, the- yeah. and then it turns yeah. the narrative turns to the yeah. barman and it's him yeah. <laughs> he's
2: serving behind yeah. the bar the
0: timing on that yeah. is is flawless yeah and, yeah, and he's I, that, very, that, that is
2: well. his great skill i think um gremlin and uh, comedy writing is he builds he builds and builds and builds until it all reaches this kind of big climax of yeah. insanity and hilarity and i, th- I still think it's a classic yeah. now listeners will have noticed Something conspicuous. Yes. Terry has yet to speak.
0: <laughs> so, uh, Boyd, batten down the hatches.
1: <laughs> I haven't watched it. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've had a very busy week. and I've I I've just
0: looking forward to you, to you I'm loading time, on
2: this sorry. Find time for the funny or dire slot. I know I know, I know, I know, I know. I had to
1: prioritise this week. <laughs> I had my 40th birthday. There was a big award ceremony where Empire won a big award. Um, and so I had to choose, Ridiculous. and I chose. Chose not to watch Have you ever IT watched crowd? the IT crowd? No.
0: Why are you here?
1: <laughs> Says the man who hasn't seen yeah. anything. Which is the this whole... This entire yeah. fucking thing started <laughs> to try and make you watch better telly and actually start watching comedies.
0: All right, all right, all right, fine. Well, let's get into this a little bit. So things about this, there's a whole theme in this about Heat magazine. Yes. Forward, specifically, the whole,
2: yeah. The whole storyline kicks off with um, with the main character asking for, to, yeah. to, to lend Jen his copy of Heat magazine. I she, mean, you know, everyone assuming he's gay because he reads because Heat he reads magazine. Reads Magazine. Which is inherently funny. It's <laughs> brilliantly funny. It's still funny. Now, am I right in
0: saying the bloke with the dodgy hair from The Mighty Boosh wanders in yes. near the beginning of some weird goth character? I found yes. that deeply irritating. Uh, like, I didn't like that at all. Okay, well, he's only in it for about a minute. And that's... Well, no, it's because that's, that's that really kind of archetypal comedy that kind of rubs me up the wrong way. So I wasn't a fan of that. Well, why does that rub you was, up the wrong way? I j- you know what? I don't like comedy archetypes. They bug me. Come on, bloody hell. I, I them... don't like comedy archetypes. I don't. They, they offend me, sir. <laughs> well, I will have none a of it. All, uh, but no, but so. so he's a very funny yeah.
2: Character who there's one when uh, when you first meet him in the early days there's one he's wandering around being very gothic and weird yeah. and then suddenly it cuts to him and he's like he's sitting on the ceiling basically and of course like, there's like you know there's moments like that of absurdity that work very <laughs> that well and sounds hilarious <laughs> but uh,
0: no things that made me laugh so so the thing so Chris O'Dowd is funny because his performance is so mannered like the bit when he's going really slowly up on the disabled lift on the yeah. van but just staring almost at the camera with this particular <laughs> expression on his face that's really mm-hmm. funny there's a slight it's so it's really uncomfortable because The way that they almost like conflate being physically handicapped with being mentally handicapped. Like he can't, he's just sitting there, sort of not able to speak properly. It's just like. I felt really awkward watching it. I was like, "This yeah. makes me a bit uncomfortable,"
2: and yeah. yet he is funny with it. Yeah, it is great. Fun. He is funny with it. There's a great bit um, where the woman playing the actress, the famous actress, has <laughs> incredibly, suddenly gets incredibly patronised. Yes, because, I she talks to him because he's disabled. Yeah.
0: And then, of course, the uh, almost you could see it coming a mile away when the guy from the production sort of tears one of the disabled guys out of their wheelchair yeah. and hurls him yeah. to the floor. Absolutely. Um, but uh, And then the date coming out at the end, I didn't especially like. That felt a little bit ham-fisted. Uh, oh, although I did love that the episode ended with them all driving away in a van while singing I Love Willys. Yeah. So yeah, that was, you uh, can't beat that. That was, that was quite a moment. So, yeah. So, the IT crowd Will I be watching more of this? No. Let's be honest, I won't. <laughs> but I did find this funny. I do think it was funny, even if it's slightly um, troublesome. Yep. It's still funny. <sighs> right. Uh, well... Next week's Funny or Dire comes courtesy of Lawson Howling on Twitter, who suggested 30 Rock, Season 2, Episode 5, Greenzo. However, however Empire's Ben Travis has thrown himself in front of this <laughs> and officially objected to the choice of episode on the grounds that it's one of the worst episodes of 30 Rock <laughs> ever made. Which episode did they pick? Zoe It's the one with David Schwimmer.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. He
0: says it's terrible.
2: I wouldn't say it's terrible,
0: but it's not one of my favourites. So so he stood in and said, he suggested the previous episode, which is season two, episode four, Rosemary's Baby, which stars Carrie Fisher. And he says, that's a better choice. That's a better choice. (laughs) So... Lawson, mate, it's kind of good news, bad news. So we're going to take your suggestion, but we're also going to not take your suggestion, and we're going to do a different episode. And if you don't like that, it's Ben Travis on Twitter. Feel free to get into it with him.
1: So has uh, Ben chosen a replacement?
0: Yes. This, you See, oh, this, oh, this. we've just gone through the whole replacement thing, but because you were checking your emails, you didn't listen to a word of it, did you? <laughs> yes, Terry. Funnily enough, we did. It's the previous episode, which stars Carrie Fisher, and it's called Rosemary's Baby.
1: Excellent.
2: Yeah. Good. Okay, good. I love 30 Rock, by the way. This is exciting. Have you seen the brilliant um, Alec Baldwin does this brilliant looking at his favourite roles thing he's done for someone? I want to say maybe GQ or someone like that. Mm. It's on on YouTube somewhere. Jack Donaghy is in there. Jack Donaghy is in there. And him talking about how brilliant it was working on that show Mm. is really interesting. Yeah, there you go. Okay,
0: well, I shall look forward to that. If you'd like to refresh your memory, do dig out that episode by this time next week uh, when we reveal what we think of that. Shall we jump straight in to news? Yes. Let's. Now, I got onto this first bit of news in some detail on the Empire podcast, and the reason I did it... Is because while it is TV news I felt it would get short shrift from you two fun sponges uh, Rosamund Pike has been cast in the adaptation of Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time as the Aes Sedai Witch Moiraine
1: Christ
0: uh, I always
1: know when it's like something <laughs> tedious <laughs> yeah. because you do your like yeah. world's worst smug voice yeah. <laughs> blah blah blah, blah yeah. when blah. he's saying
2: names of characters like that I like, Sedai yeah. yeah do you
1: know
2: what I've printed that out in my list Look. did you there it is. Pike yeah. boards
0: Wheel of Time if you, yeah. Did, yes, you yeah, did yeah there you go this is very exciting. So Robert Jordan's series of books are being adapted uh, by, I want to say Amazon. Uh, yes, it is Amazon. It is Amazon. And, uh, and that's, you know, that, this is exciting. I mean, admittedly, a lot of the books are really boring. Uh, and it probably could have been done in half as many. But it's, it's, a, it's a classic fancy tale. It's, it's one wow. of the greats. And I will absolutely be making you watch it, and we will be reviewing it on this podcast at some point. And so you will have more eyes to die than you know what to do with, Terry.
1: Oh, good.
0: You'll be seizing Sidar.
1: I don't know what those words mean.
0: Yeah. Well, see, oh, you, you you might like this. So in The Wheel of Time, magic is split into male and female halves. There is Sidar, which is women's magic, and there is cydine, which is men's magic. But, and crucially, this is a bit you'll like, Sidene has been polluted by the dark one, so it's tainted. So men who touch the male magic go mad. Good. There's also a ranger in it called Alan.
1: Oh. It's a sounding slightly more intriguing. Mm,
0: yeah. The main character is called Rand. Rand AlThor, the Dragon Reborn. Here's the now voice. Just, Here's now you're, the voice again. Rand blah 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 There, there are trollocks in it. Lots of trollocs. Lots of trollocks? Trollops. I'm glad Trollops. you asked. Oh. Uh, no, the trollocs are like weird hybrid chimera creatures, a little bit like shitty trolls, orc things. Mm. They're foot soldiers.
1: Have you finished?
0: More or less. Okay. Uh, so that's the thing that's happening.
1: I want to talk about the Good Omens petition. Oh, well, um, yeah. Isn't it the it's best thing that's ever powerful. happened? So a Christian group called Return to <laughs> Orders started a petition um, because they said that Good Omens is another step to make Satanism appear normal, light and acceptable. One of their complaints was that God was voiced by a woman. <gasps> Um, But the brilliant thing about this petition, A, it's got 20,000 signatures, which just horrifies me. But is that, um, as one headline put it, Good Omens petition demands Netflix cancel the show even though it is on Amazon Prime. And this led to a brilliant back and forth between Netflix and Amazon. And Amazon said, if you cancel Stranger Things, (laughs) no, Netflix, um, whatever. Amazon said, if you cancel Stranger Things, we'll cancel Good Omens. Um, It was rather funny. I mean, people are just... Worse.
2: They really are the I worst. I think is
1: what we can basically. Well, it,
2: it does reveal, I have to say, for um, um, slightly worryingly for Amazon Prime that everyone associates this kind of thing with Netflix. streaming yeah. big yeah. shows with, with Netflix, Netflix. Yeah. yes, absolutely, and, not, and that is it still amazes me. Yeah. They're mm. sticking with this fucking branding of Amazon Prime Video, which is how you get a DVD sent to you really quickly in the post. Yeah, it's very as well. It, they should just call it something else. Or yeah. just, I don't know what. It's really bizarre to me. I to die TV. Yes. That's, That's what exactly what then. they should do. <laughs> yeah, I'm all about it. Yeah, uh,
0: sorry, Terry. Chambers got cancelled. Did you see this?
2: No. Yeah,
0: yeah, oh. yeah. They killed it. It will not be returning for a second Why? season. Uh, I guess not enough people watched it. Then you know they can be a little opaque with these things, mm. but they've just they've elected not to do another Chambers.
2: They so. are being more ruthless, aren't they? They are. Stuff. And yeah. I'm really worried about the OA. I have to say. Mm, I am. It doesn't bode well, does it? They the LA, Why otherwise... would they not? Because it hasn't. You know, they're putting out these top tens yeah. now. That yeah. It doesn't appear in those top tens. It hasn't... At all? I haven't seen it. I mean, unless, yeah. I no, so unless I've missed it. It costs a fortune. It costs. It's a very expensive show. I mean, I, I still think. I am I, I would be amazed and furious if they did cancel mm-hmm. it. They have to carry on. With You'll it. storm the studio, won't I you? I will storm the studio. Hmm. I will. Yeah. I will manly whatever it's called barricades yeah but i'm worried they're just being quite quite ruthless yeah netflix yeah and you know i don't know maybe it's so expensive they can't carry it but i think hopefully they will maybe maybe boyd in another dimension
0: (laughs) all of the seasons have been greenlit (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) um has anyone so so have you you haven't seen any early episodes of euphoria have you have you? I've seen um, the first half, of oh, the first have? episode. Okay, okay. Yes. So obviously, this has been kicking off, hasn't <laughs> it? So this, this is, apparently, it's a bit rude. Uh, so Euphoria is is the American Skins, essentially. It stars Zendaya, and she went on social media to say that. You know, it's for mature audiences only. Could be triggering. Might want to watch this. And then you read some of the, uh, the the tabloids who are wringing their hands about this. The pilot episode contains one scene that appears jarring for many as one character commits statutory rape with a 17-year-old trans girl. Uh, it goes, In it, viewers are confronted with an erect penis that, although a prosthetic and not the actual actor's member, has outraged. Uh, this comes alongside a locker scene <laughs> which, according to pundits contains a shot of over 30 penises
1: oh what pundit <laughs> <laughs> penis pundit I don't yeah.
0: know but apparently this shot
2: of 30 penises has really pushed some people over the edge <laughs> I think that's not episode 2 sadly Well, you it? can
1: see what you can see all the penises yeah.
2: one can only I imagine all I think they're flaccid
1: yeah you can't legally show an no. erect penis
2: well, I think you. I mean, you can now. Yeah, you, are you can. sure? it's called, yeah, it's called, think, called porn. Yeah, right. but
1: I mean, no, I'm, no, no. Uh, yeah.
2: No, I think lo- they they relaxed those um, rules slightly. So I think there are rules about the the um, the angle of right. um, erectitude, erectness. I, I would give anything but, to have been in the meeting where they discussed oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the what, angle. <laughs> but what is interesting is the reviews. It is, I mean, from what I've seen, it's a really, really really good show as well as being mm. shocking and everything. But they have clearly gone out of their way to try to match the Netflix kind of explicitness of their yeah. teen shows, which are, you know, mm. sexual education in its own way was pretty pretty free and easy with nudity and mm. all those issues. And, you know, there was, a, there, was a big, there was a big scene in that where the guy stands naked on the table in the middle of the... That's right, Remember yes. that? Um, which had his own appendage flapping. So, you know, I think HBO knows it has to catch keep up with it. Mm. And, and, and generally, I think people have thought it's, it's the valid, the, the, particularly that shocking scene, that disturbing scene, is valid because it's making a very important point. And it's, you know, the way it's treating trans characters and all of that I think is is progressive and good generally mm-hmm. seems to be the, the, the viewpoint from well it's the had some very
0: positive reviews yeah. one newspaper gave it 30 dicks up so that, there that's, you go yes. <laughs> uh, what else is happening, uh, the new Game of Thrones prequel series has begun filming in Northern Ireland I mean that's literally the only piece of information yeah. about it but it has begun filming and yet here I am sitting here and not on the set please can we address this
1: Was, is that aimed at me?
0: yeah Please, of course. Please send me to Northern Ireland. I,
1: I exist purely to send you on-set visits. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Um, what else have we got? Boyd, anything else? Yes. Bros um, uh, News. I know we all what? loved, yeah. I mean, this may not be core pilot TV values, but never forget how important the Bros documentary was to us all. Um, and now the Bross have got their own night on BBC4 coming up in early July, in which we'll get to see them talking to each other, talking about their inspirations. I think they'll show the film again, if you haven't seen it, the brilliant documentary. So yeah, it's going to be... Is the documentary called When Will I Be Famous? No, it was called After the Screaming Stops. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah, and it was an incredible piece. It an incredible Why would film. that
1: work? They have been famous and are no longer famous. Yeah. So when will when will I be famous doesn't work.
2: No, see, Terry, it's funny because it's the name of one of their songs. I get that. that, that it's it a riff on the song, or, but it still has to work. they could have called it I Owe You Nothing. That's fine, too.
1: That's better. Mm,
2: that's better. <laughs> did you watch the documentary, James? No, of did, course not.
1: No, of course I sh- didn't. He's just like t- yeah. mouthing off when he hasn't seen <laughs> totally it. Totally mouthing off. Which is basically yeah. the you fucking... You should
2: probably see it because it is brilliant. It is one of the greatest documentaries mm, of recent times. Never going to happen. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, I don't think you'd like it.
0: Have you seen FX's Why the Last Man has got a new showrunner? Finally. Uh, That was a sarcastic... Uh, Eliza Clark, who did uh, *Animal Kingdom*, the killing and the and uh, Extant with Halle Berry, uh, she is going to be showing this. She's writing and exec producing, and it's good because this has this lost uh, Michael Green a while ago, and I was a bit worried that this was going to fall by the wayside. But this is very exciting. This is again Terry's fantasy, a world in which all men have been wiped out, with the exception of one man and his capuchin monkey called Ampersand. It stars Barry Keoghan, uh, Diane Lane, I mean, is also love in this Barry as well. Keoghan. Imogen Poots is in yeah, this. Well, you love you love him even more when he's the last man alive. Um, um, and yeah, this, this I'm mm. very excited about no, this. The no. graphic novel for this. The, uh, well, I say the series. The series of graphic novels for this. are uh, Very, very good indeed. So, yeah. Why The Last Man, which comes at some point to FX.
2: Did you see Glenda Jackson is coming back to TV drama? She, The former Labour MP and absolute acting legend is going to star in BBC One's adaptation of the best-selling novel, novel Elizabeth is Missing. She'll take the role of Maud, a woman struggling with dementia. And it's her first return to the screen after 25 years, Wow! Yeah, consensual excitement. I'm pretty excited. Yeah. uh, Well, guess who else is coming back to the screen?
0: Michelle Forbes and Patrick Fugit have been cast in Treadstone, which is the Born Identity TV type spin-off thing about Project Treadstone. Um... Michelle Forbes, of course, being Ensign Rowlarin from Star Trek The Next Generation, and of course, Admiral Kane from Battlestar Galactica, so she's pretty fucking awesome. Uh, but Patrick mm. Fugit, so I'm going to talk about Patrick Fugit, because he's doing this, because Outcast, his series about alien slash demonic possession, yeah. which was from the creator of uh, the comic of, of The Walking Dead, uh, got cancelled. But it was one of these things where there were two seasons of this, or were there three? Two, I'm pretty sure there were two, and... It was one of the shows where it didn't get cancelled, but it didn't get renewed. And it just was in limbo forever and ever and ever. And then everyone just kind of... Dispersed and yeah. did other things, yeah. but there seemed to be no it was official dispersal. cancellation. Yeah, it that was, does happen, and it's a real shame because I mm. really enjoyed that. Mm, I yeah. thought it was so good. So, if anyone hasn't seen Outcast, do go and see it. I was about to give away the main plot point, but actually, I encourage you to go. I should ban you this right here and now, but I'm not going to. Outcast definitely <laughs> worth seeing. Patrick Fuji Brent Spiner from also from Star Trek Next Generation, Mr. Data himself was in it. Really, really good. Philip Glenister's in it as well as a psychotic priest. Um, really, really good. Really good about demons possession. Or is it? Hint, hint. Nudge, nudge. Anyway uh pose got renewed for a third season did you see that
1: yes i have we heard any more about season two no, coming yet. to the no. uk no oh, i feel like they so the the gap between season one airing in the us and coming to the uk was just so long and i yeah. feel like mm. it totally didn't catch fire in quite the way it should have done because of that i really hope they kind of sort it out because mm. the two. first
0: season aired over here what was it, it was like what, october november last year that's quite late. All the, fir- first ed- yeah.
2: the first season aired here very recently. Yeah, a couple yeah. months. A couple oh, was months it? Ago. Was it this yeah, year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Fine. On, yeah. So there was a, almost like a year gap between the yeah. Terry sets between um, showing it in and- America. I think the problem is so it's BBC Two's got this deal with FX, so they get first refusal on every FX show. BBC
1: Two is wrong. But for they it. then
2: wait. They they wait until the whole thing is done, so they can put it out as a box set, which mm. is what they did with Pose. But it, it is. But they can only also, I think, have one of these a week, one of these in any given time. So they're never going to show. You know they had um the Tower, The Looming Tower, yeah. which we reviewed, which is st- still which on was, now. Yeah. yeah, So they have to wait till all these things work their way out and then they find space in their schedule for it. But it is too long. It's annoying. Yeah.
1: It is and I've heard such amazing things about yeah. season two from Same, people yeah. I know have seen it in America. Apparently it's like kind of a whole other standard. Mm. So, and, and it's very different in terms of tone and tack, is tackling a really important part of the LGBTQ history um, that hasn't necessarily been told in this way before. So um, I hope it comes here and comes here quick and is on a is it yes. going to definitely
0: be BBC Two? Yeah, definitely, they'll,
2: definitely, they'll definitely have got the rights to it. I'm sure they'll sort it out and show it faster than they did Series Season 1. It's just mm. when, I don't know.
0: Any other news? No. no. Well then, before we round off, uh, do not forget, we will be hosting our inaugural live podcast this September at the London Podcast Festival at the King's Place. We'll be on stage from 9.30pm on Friday the 13th of September and you can pick up tickets now at www.kingsplace.co.uk slash what's dash on slash comedy slash pilot dash TV dash podcast which is not exactly a catchy URL but I imagine if you just go to the London Podcast Festival website and have a trawl around the comedy category that's where you'll find (laughs) us. Uh, so do do that and while you're at it I would say why not book tickets for the live Empire podcast as well which is also on at 9:30 but crucially not on the same night as that would be stupid. Uh this one in, in fact is on Saturday the 14th of September uh and not at the same time. Can you imagine mm-hmm. that? We we'd have to run you and I backwards and forwards like um Robin Williams and Mrs Doubtfire you know from <laughs> one podcast yes. to the next just changing outfits and yeah that would be silly. <laughs> Right, on that note, shall we move on to this week's reviews? First up this week is Warrior, the latest show from Jonathan Banshee Tropper. This is co-produced by Justin Lin, and it's set amid the Tong Wars of 19th century San Francisco. It's the story of Assam, who's a Chinese immigrant who steps off the boat onto the San Francisco docks and gets swept up in a world of labour disputes, racism, and organised crime. Oh, and he's basically Bruce Lee, which is appropriate, as this is based on an original Concept dreamed up by Lee himself. This is a Cinemax show, so naturally, it deals with some pretty serious social issues. Specifically, boobs, uh, <laughs> blood, swearing, and punching people in the face. Uh, now, I'm not saying this is the best show ever made. <laughs> But I totally fucking am. This is amazing, and I loved it, and oh. it's entirely possible that what I've been watching this week was all ten episodes of Warrior in a frenzy of amazing kung fu fighting. You did not. I absolutely fucking did. You watched you. all, all 10. ten. episodes, and I loved it, and I'm excited to say it has been renewed for a second season, which I will absolutely binge as well. Well, wow. this was so much fun, and I knew you would hate it, and I loved it. And uh some really incredible choreography in this, insane fights, some of them I should say, featuring uh Joe Taslim, who starred alongside EK Wise in The Raid Redemption. But it's just off the chain, nuts. I-, I loved it, loved it. It's it has like it's not the same as Banshee, but it has some common DNA. It has a lot of Banshee in yeah. it. It's very Jonathan Tropper, very, very Cinemax. It's, I mean, if you ever wondered who this was aimed at, there's a scene where two prostitutes walk into a room uh, and the woman prostitute walks in, completely full frontal naked. The male prostitute walks in, the camera quickly pans up so you don't see his bits. And you're like, there is no real doubt as to who they are aiming this show at. But uh, it's, it's really, really fun. And I, I enjoyed the way they choose it. I enjoyed the little devices they use. So obviously it's about Chinese immigrants. They naturally speak Mandarin. They don't speak English, but they do a thing where they start speaking subtitles and there's a weird little sound effect that happens, which shows that they then shift into, uh, and then they're speaking English. Do you know, what I mean? it's like you have a little special shift that happens, uh, which like it also has it has Hoon Lee in it, uh, who plays Wang Chao in this. But he played Job in Banshee, and he was the best thing in Banshee, and he was one of the best things in this as well. Um, there's a bar in this called The Banshee. If anyone was wondering why, if there was some shared DNA there, which I really really enjoyed as well. Oh, it's so good. Andrew Koji, who plays <laughs> oh, so Asan, is is uh, English. Did you know? That's a, that's a hot fact for you.
2: Who is? Terry is just
0: staring at me. Uh, Andrew Koji oh, yeah. who plays a psalm, he's the main. Tom weston Jones there. is also, he's also English. <laughs> yes, and he's in it. As, also true as
2: um, the guy from Georgia.
0: I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm saying, you know, maybe we should rename the Banshee segment from now on the Warrior segment because yeah. this is just extraordinary. Terry, you must have loved every minute of this.
1: um <laughs> uh, no, I actually did.
0: Really? Yeah, really? I loved it. I thought. I, are you going to tell me you binged all ten episodes? I as didn't well.
1: binge all ten. I only watched <laughs> the first one. I thought it was pulpy <laughs> yep. and um, gratuitous yep. and hilarious yep. and hammy. Uh, the, some of the action scenes were just—I mean, to be fair, really brilliantly done. But like, you know, there'd be a little kind of like little smile to camera, a pause, and like Yum. a smile to camera, brilliant. Uh, Fights in the brothel because, you know, there's loads of like, as you said, Prostitutes over. But actually, <laughs> you know, there's like a couple of female characters yeah. who are super interesting. Really they're not passive. There's mm. no kind of, they're not objects. They're not there for decoration. Um, so, particularly um, Olivia Cheng, who plays Artoy, yeah. and um, Diane Do- Doan, I think it is, who plays My Ling. Mm. And they are, um, they're not even tropes of like, oh, badass women. They're just kind of, you know, complex. They're, they're and interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, mm obvious parallels with whatever's going on in society at the moment. You've got, um, you know, it's the story of 19th century Asian immigration, but actually loads of parallel with what's going on politically and socially, Um, but not in a heavy-handed kind of fun sponge way. It's still really stupid in parts and in places. I loved him. I think, what what was his name? Andrew...
0: Andrew
1: Andrew Koji, yeah. Andrew Koji, as you said, plays R-Sam. I just think he's so charismatic and so compelling. And I could watch him. And, you know, the reality of this being such a rarity, written, directed, starring... Uh, pretty much an all Asian cast, and actually the others in this are Caucasian yes. Western Which men is mainly. Really interesting, because yeah. It deals
0: with the idea of whiteness and yes. what it means to be white, yeah. And the way that you know they call the white people ducks, you know. Yeah. it's It's a, the, the, I think the racial sort of subtleties of this very interesting. It gets more yeah. so as it goes along. But one of the reasons why this is so. Uh, um, Important not the word, but relevant is this is because, so this is based on The Warrior, this is, which, is a, which is a piece of Bruce Lee put together in the kind of 60s, whenever it was, maybe 70s. Early long 70s. Time ago. Yeah. And he pitched this to studios to star himself as this character. And they, uh, they, dear lawyers, stole this idea, yeah. reworked it, cast David Carradine in the lead, and called it Kung, Kung Fu. Fu. Yeah. And Bruce Lee was famously really fucked off about yeah. this. And the reason they cast David Carradine is they didn't want an Asian actor in the lead. Yeah. He had an accent, he was a bit. Foreign, and frankly, they didn't like that. So he got no credit for that at all. And this is essentially his idea. Slightly massaged, but this idea as he originally examined it, and it's put into production by Shannon Lee, who's his yes. daughter.
1: and so. I read it was actually it's inspired by his actual notes for yes, that pitch, absolutely, um, which is fascinating. But as just the very concept, and there's, it's really smart what you were saying earlier about the way they, the moments in which they use subtitles and when mm. they speak English, and whenever the kind of um, white Western people are listening, they hear yeah. Chinese, and when
0: they speak English to Western, but they speak with thick yes. accents and sort of pidgin yes. English to, oh, it's yeah.
1: It's it's really, 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 I thought, cleverly done. But just, you know, you're watching it and you're like, I can't remember the last time I saw something where the white man is the other. The white mm. man is the mm. kind of people around the edges. Um, and they're not, you know, they're not necessarily drawn in a very complex way. They're all kind of, you know, racist and heavy handed yeah. and a bit stupid and not very sophisticated. Um, But I love this. I just thought it was um, really well shot. I thought it was really, the fight sequences were
0: just amazing. Yeah,
1: were just done really well. Mm. Some lovely long shots. It wasn't kind of. done it from a filmmaking perspective it's got real thought and consideration yeah and it's not
0: there's no, not a lot of editing trickery here yes. there's, there's a lot of master shots really yeah. sort of in depth very very elaborate choreography also like as it goes on there's much more sort of intrigue between because it's a part of labour disputes mm. a lot of it is to do with Irish immigrant labour versus newer cheaper Chinese immigrant labour lots going on there there's there's uh, you know administrative corruption from the mayor's office up to the senate racist uh, legislation mm-hmm. they're trying to push through and what they're doing on the street to try and ensure that that happens and there's and this it's about sort of three competing tongs which is sort of the Chinese sort of organized crime syndicates and the elaborate hierarchies within them and how Mm. they function uh, with each other yeah there's lots there's an episode in there very it's an odd sort of standalone episode which is a bit hateful eight where they go on a kind of a road trip and they end up in a kind of haberdashery type place in a saloon and there's gangsters and it's like a it's like a riff on the hateful eight it's really fun
1: yeah it's very Tarantino-esque in places Um, but also you know uh, West. Spaghetti Western. Mm. You can see all the influences. It feels really rich.
0: It's like Bruce Lee comes to Deadwood, filtered through the mind of a teenage boy. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's loads of fun. Boyd is staring at me flatly like mm-hmm. no no
2: I love the fact that you keep assuming I love look the you have your arms look, crossed you no, staring arms at me crossed, I always <laughs> cross my arms Okay, your fine. Company, what do you think Boyd my na- no I really enjoyed it oh, as good, well oh good it's, it's supremely enjoyable and we have consensus it, we have absolute consensus and I, I thought Terry would like it as well because it is it's you know I mean the, actually the gratuitous boobage there is some gratuitous oh there's a lot of boobage there is a lot of but, yeah. but know, that's Cinemax in a nutshell uh, isn't uh, it? of course I, yeah you know. and and the sex scenes are kind of like that soft focus Cinemax-y way oh we're going to have a To have sex now, but it's it's almost more interesting to see how the creators work within that very cinemaxy world (laughs) of gratuitous Mm. nudity and violence, and still make it a good show Mm. and with a social conscience, as Mm. we've said, and about stuff about politics and racism and all of this stuff. So it's doing a kind of incredible job, really, of being being all of these different things. Production design is off the chain as well. Their recreation of sort of like eighteen seventies, whatever it is, San Francisco. is. Fantastic. Because it, it could have been like, you know, there have been some... Cinemax type shows that feel like cheap exploitation, mm. and they are, mm. you know, generally this doesn't feel like that at all. It just because it, it does feel very the, the production values are, are great, yeah. and it feels like they've lavished a lot of money on it, and, and, and to make it kind of like their premium Cinemax show. And over here for Sky Atlantic, etc. It's it's, I think it's going to work really well. Yeah,
0: yeah. and it's, it's, it's very pulpy, you know, yeah. but but knowingly yeah. so, like it's a little trashy yeah. in places, but an incredibly
2: sweary dialogue. Like yeah. As soon as they are speaking English, <laughs> everyone's like "fuck that bitch," and all yeah, that. You know, know, it's all very like almost like gleefully sweary yeah. dialogue it's it's huge fun it's great yeah great that is awesome love it to
0: bits that is warrior which airs on sky one and presumably now tv yes. uh, on
2: tuesday the 25th of june at 9 p.m. and the whole box set they're making available as well for people unlike you who also want to watch the whole thing yes. like you, you want to watch so the yes, yeah Daniel so you one,
0: like yeah. me can sit down for 10 hours and do nothing but warrior it was the greatest and isn't it sky <laughs> atlantic
2: not sky one just saying i had I it think, down as sky um, one i'm gonna check that crack on all right you correct me but i had it down as sky okay, one
0: maybe you're right. i'm sticking with sky one fine, fine. um all right uh, next up, and I'm in no way implying that it's a slow week other than Warrior, but next up. <laughs> it is, is a slow week. Is SWAT, which, for reasons unknown, we are also reviewing. This is uh, season two of the series that's based on the 1975 series of the same name, and indeed the 2003 movie of the same name. Uh, this follows the shenanigans of an LAPD SWAT team led by Shamar Moore, he of Criminal Minds fame who plays Sergeant Hondo Harrison and tackles the team's travails on and off the job. And honestly, watching this, I was almost convinced that it was 1975 because what the fuck was this? This, this is a procedural that (laughs) genuinely seems to assume the last 40 years haven't actually happened in terms of, I don't know, plot and writing and acting and performance and just even the theme music and the title The theme
1: music is astonishing. No, it's 1980s yeah,
0: thunder music, right? music. I was
1: like I rewound it to watch it twice. Uh, I was so like I. it feels like um you know like a Stallone, bad eighties movie Magnum
0: PI or yeah. any of those shows like is that the original music or is it like I a think riff so. I mean it sounded right. like it yeah. it was just I mean it's shit melodrama and I love Sean Ryan who actually produces here and it's kind who of te-
2: co-created the Shield yeah,
0: well yeah, this is what I'm saying and this kind of takes place within the Shield verse kind of, so yeah. it should be catnip for me but this is at the antithesis of
2: everything I want from television like it is just shit. Now explain to me though uh, this, they keep making a thing about the fact that it's got a shared universe with the shared What does oh, that mean? Because it's Dan. just it's set in, in the same way I guess it's
0: the same way that with Sons of Cops. Anarchy also has a shared universe where certain gangs I guess, I mean from one episode I saw no similarities right. except for the fact except for one key thing and that is Kenny Johnson who plays Lemansky yes. in the, he's in this and oh, I love okay. Kenny Johnson so right. I was like okay I've got time for this just for you and even Shamar Moore I don't mind although he's so fucking earnest in this but yeah. what on earth was this story and an earthquake and a child trafficking. That scene at the end with the helicopter was, I swear to God, like something out of the original A-Team. It was just so shit and so pointless. I just honestly, this had no redeeming qualities for me.
1: Yeah, so you know I love a procedural um, and I have... Been a fan of criminal minds in the past. And as you said, shimamo played Derek Morgan. Um now here's the thing for me. He's not for me somebody who can hold a show. and He's unique- very handsome. I mean, he's very handsome. But you know, Hondo, as he plays, <laughs> is meant to be, you know, the main guy, as you say, incredibly earnest. Yeah. Um, I didn't find myself rooting for him at all. The story, as you said, it's about there's a standoff with some uh, Human traffickers, which you know, that th- that whole thing wasn't handled with a lot of <laughs> sensitivity and charm. There's an amazing line where they're on the way, they're all like, they're tooled up with their guns, and they go, somebody goes, What kind of lowlife sells children as servants? And somebody else goes, The can that are about to get served a smackdown. I'm like, How is this actual dialogue? How is this dialogue? As you say, Kenny Johnson is in it, and that made me have kind of hope, but all it did is made me realize how amazing. The Shield yep, was and how yep, this isn't yep, The yep. Shield. Um, I just didn't really kind of care for anyone in it. I didn't really care about the story. I can watch pretty much any old shit. <laughs> but Mm-mm. I found my yeah. attention drifting off. And as you rightly say, I was like... This is like the TV that you used to have to watch because <laughs> telly was shit. there was
2: nothing else available.
1: This is no yeah, longer yeah. where television yeah. is. It's
2: definitely not The Shield. It That's really isn't. What is not weird it's about it is, it's
1: not even it? Lauren or Dress for you. But no, what is really weird about
2: it? it is, it's kind of we- like in this in, in this episode, everything happens. So there's an earthquake, yep. there's the child traffickers, the building collapses, the, there's a something, there's the woman standing there. On really the, like, the letterbox. Like, like, <laughs> the woman standing <laughs> while gu- water gushes around her and there's like electricity sparks and it's like, how are they going to save oh. this It's very funny. I think it's almost, almost knowingly... Funny how no, they're piling up. No, it really no, not. isn't. No way. Yeah. Almost, almost. If they were in quite. on the joke, it yeah. would be fine. Yeah. Right. But they're not. That's it. You're kind of like <laughs> they've deliberately they kept it this side of ridiculousness without it being. Oh, you know, see, it just strikes you as being ridiculous. But also, some of the decision, like there's there's a shot when when, when that building is collapsing, then they do a wide shot of L. A. with the earthquake affecting you know, the yeah. building. and they cut really quickly after like half a second. I'm like, you spent this amount of money on this CGI earthquakey collapsing building thing and you're ruining it you <laughs> spoil the whole shot to go into the title <laughs> sequence the terrible title sequence kicks off oh after God. that like halfway through the episode oh. yeah
1: and why yeah. was it so late
2: decision making is so weird all the way through it's odd and it, it just doesn't give you enough time to get to know any of the characters like, this is season 2 People, yeah. someone pointed out didn't they on Twitter to us You know, is there any point in reviewing shows after season 1 and I know what they mean mm. but actually I think this is how people do consume TV they'll suddenly dis- but also, oh, that, give this a go but if you give this a go you're like I yeah. don't care in this point though, I
0: think there's something to be said for you know people may not already be into shows, and actually, if we come into something in, and and sees what gives us an excuse to talk about an ongoing oh, no, show, I'm, and maybe get people into that's it. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly uh, what
2: I'm saying. Yeah, but in this case, <laughs> it's like you suddenly decide you're going to try this show, yeah. and it is fucking preposterous. But as a procedural, it should make no difference to anyone that we've jumped. No, in at this but point. it does. Yes,
0: obviously, there's an ongoing storyline with the street character who goes all Fast and Furious at the beginning, who's been kicked out of the. Oh um, yeah, the team. dude.
2: Who, yeah, oh. and he gets a, when he goes to see the old woman in. The thing, and he says this line my favorite (laughs) line: real policing is done with your gun in your holster.
0: I think, I think there's a, I mean, it takes a certain amount of talent to make A, B and C plots all equally tedious and incoherent. I just think that's...
2: And at the same time, quite (laughs) spectacular in theory. But actually, you're like, we don't give a shit about this earthquake.
0: I mean, if you're feeling really nostalgic for, like, late 70s, early 80s television, then by all means watch SWAT. (laughs) But really, otherwise, there is no excuse for it. Um... This is another Sky One. This is on uh, Sunday, June 23rd at 9pm.
2: Yes, they uh, are both Sky, You're both right, Sky One. This is Sky One as well. Run,
0: this sorry. one belongs on Sky One. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's also on Now TV, I have no doubt. But really, don't, don't do it. Um, finally, in this week's lineup of shows that we're reviewing, as Nothing Good as Warrior is Out, is uh, Season 5 of Shonda Rhimes' How to Get Away with Murder, a.k.a. the working title of Terry's future autobiography, <laughs> charting her time with me on this very podcast. Um... This stars Viola Davis in an Emmy-winning role as legal hotshot Annalise Keating, a law professor who gets embroiled in a murder plot, or at least that's what was happening when I last watched this show way back at the beginning of season one. But a
2: lot has happened since. Isn't that right, Boyd? Oh, don't ask me, yeah. I mean, I also watched it season one. What they, so the season one, the cunning structure of season one was that it cut between us getting to know Annalise and her students and yeah. her being very, like, um, very kind of challenging to her students and being ruthless and like, treating them like shit yeah. for, the, so for the benefit of them so they get used to the high pressure situation you're in as a young lawyer intercut with flashback different timeline involving a mysterious killing and yeah. which you're trying to work out who's involved her students are involved is she involved that was the kind of structure of it so it wasn't just the one thing it wasn't just the, the legal drama which I think it could be mm. I'd be happy if it was just her being nasty to the students students in order to show them what what they need to do and talking about big topical issues in American yeah. legal Legal talk, that's fine with me. I think the murdery stuff is still. I still am not bothered about it, and I still think it. Well, they're of doing it slightly, again here on. Oh, they? they've done mm. it all the way through consistently. So every season has somehow tried to incorporate a crime <laughs> told in flashback in the first episode, which you then have to piece together what the hell's going on. And I don't like that element of this series. I just, I, I'm happy yeah. with the with her being this legal hotshot who got to the Supreme Court at the end of the last season, and she's a brilliant lawyer, and she's like, she's a bit, she's a bit like house for me. She reminds me of Hugh Laurie's house because mm. he was deliberately horrible to everyone in order to make them clear that's what they needed to be like to deal with people being horrible to them in their in their professional lives. And she's like that with law and these students. And I love her and she's great. I'm just not that bothered about all the crime stuff. I know what you mean. She's an absolute powerhouse. Yeah, she's brilliant. an incredible actor and she's so watchable. You know, whether she's
0: unloading on them, like wandering out when she's trying to get jobs and she's like just dealing with the kind of interviewing committees yeah. at the various law firms and talking Back to them and putting them in their place, like really, really great. I mean, I fully understand why she won. Why she won her Emmy for this role? Like it's fantastic. It makes me want to watch this show just for her. To be honest. Oh yeah.
1: It's, it is. I agree with Boyd though. It stretches credulity or whatever that fucking word credulity. is. Credulity. Thank you. Um, so because I watched the first season mm. and but in each and I start to read what's happened in all the others to try and understand how yeah. it can still be how to get away with murder um and it's that kind of weird clash between the investigative stuff they're doing and their personal lives, which in every single season seem to have somehow coincidentally intersected. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, so it seems slightly ridiculous to me. Completely, and as yeah. you say, I would, I would watch it for something a bit more simple where it doesn't mm. always have to be mm. they've accidentally killed somebody or, <laughs> but, you know. This
0: is the gimmick that they've left Yeah, on, yeah. but you know. they
1: keep having to come up with a completely new way of doing it every season, which just like must intellectually be quite the challenge. Absolutely, but Viola yeah. Davis is Viola mm. Davis, right? Mm. And she is fucking incredible. And Shonda Rhimes knows what the fuck she's doing. She let's does, be frank, yeah. right? It's, uh, it's really pacey. It's edited really well. You're kind of propelled along. Her dialogue is great. Um, it's kind of... Good, but Viola Davis is great because mm, she's great yeah. in everything. I think the fact that they still have her, I think they constructed the kind of um, number of episodes around basically locking her down. So they do, I think, 15 episodes a season just so they can mm, keep Viola mm. Davis. Um but I think she kind of elevates it in a way um, it would be a very different proposition with a kind of more of a TV actress um, probably. But I, can't, I find it really hard to get over the kind of Ill- illogical... Because just it's illogical. Like that, there'd be a new fucking way to, yeah, like do the concept yeah. every yeah, time. You're stupid. The, they
2: should have been bold for me. I mean, who am I uh, to tell Shonda Rhimes how to run a show? But they could have dropped the <laughs> fucking gimmick, and yeah. you know, yeah. early Let's on, just and it would have been fine. Abs- you
1: pull yeah, people in exactly,
2: and and it. She is her character is strong enough, and the other storylines, the very topical storylines, which are a bit like the good fight kind mm. of stuff about. Politics and law in American society—that all that stuff is great. It doesn't need—I yeah. not need the no, crime mystery it element anymore. There's
0: a lot going on as well. Like there's there's maternity, there's yeah. conspiracy, there's a child. The flashback thing has a, actually has a really creepy, nasty bit at the end. Like it's it's interesting. It made me wonder what was what was going on there. Like it, it shares a lot of DNA. I think with all of Shonda Rhimes' shows, you know. So Grey's Anatomy was mm. at one point the most popular show on American television. I don't know if you ever watch Scandal? They all have a slightly trashy, but incredibly compelling kind yeah. of core. And I think it's that she understands how to make characters interesting and yeah. she understands how to craft shows around personalities. And she's done that very, very successfully. So um yeah, I know like this is this is a good show. I would totally recommend people watch it. I do think, you know, if you're gonna watch it, watch it from the beginning.
2: Don't jump in at season five. That seems a bit silly. But um but yeah. She's also really on it in making it very um, you know, kind of dealing with you know, it's very diverse, the cast, the, it f- is, yeah, the yeah. first storylines all about same-sex wedding and, yeah. you know, it's, it's she is kind of pushing back the balance because all of this is being shown in America in mainstream ABC mm. network television. So she's kind of changed the face of that brilliantly, I think. It just doesn't need the fucking mystery. Sorry, no sorry. mysteries there.
0: <laughs> so that is How to Get Away with Murder, season five, which starts on Sky Witness, a channel that I didn't know existed, on Wednesday, June the 26th at 9pm. I consume it's on Now TV Witness as well. Oh, yeah, yep. Now TV <laughs> (laughs) Excellent. Uh, Very good. Right. It is time now for something special. So, as we've established, it is Terry's birthday this week. And as her friend, her colleague, and the recipient of at least 80% of all of her abuse, I wrestled with what to do properly to mark this occasion. So, you know, what do you get the person who has everything after all? And then it came to me. Knowing of course what a committed and enthusiastic fan of the banshee segment you you of course are uh, I had a brainwave so with a wad of notes clutched in my hand and a spring in my step <laughs> I sauntered down to computer exchange in Camden and I have picked out an assortment of gems from oh, yesteryear God. for Terry's enjoyment that's right no. people for Terry's 40th birthday I have got her a bumper birthday banshee bonanza oh. here in these two Giant carrier bags.
1: Oh, my God.
0: In these two giant carrier bags are some forgotten classics, some marvels of yesteryear, (laughs) and we are going to go through every single bloody one of them in excruciating detail. Are you ready?
1: So you're buying me Uh James-splaining. That is James-splaining is my gift. It's
0: the gift that keeps on giving. Right, we start with something that... You will already know. In fact, we've already talked about a fair bit on this show. It is season one of The Shields, which I picked up for 50 pence.
1: No! Yes,
0: there we go, Terry. Season one of The Shields, Sean Ryan's magnificent show. Wow. uh, Far, far better than SWAT, yet starring many of the same people.
1: Why does Chicklis look like a baby?
0: Well, because he's well, bald. And as yeah. we've established, all white bald men look the same to you. Yeah. But The Shield is, as I have said many times on this podcast, one of the greatest TV shows of all time. Uh, and you said that you wanted to do a Shield rewatch. Yeah. There is the beginning of it right yes, there. Yes, thank you. Yes, The Shield. This ran from 2002 to 2008. And it is a masterpiece. I hope you've got a DVD player.
1: I do. <laughs> right, you don't? <laughs> just
0: just check this, this whole thing's not going to work right. Right, what else we got? Next, we have. The thick of it, the complete series one. Thanks. The thick of it, of course, we know. I'm under your new It's 2005 to 2012. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 seed for which gave birth to Boyd's favourite show, Beep or Veep. One of his favourite shows. shows
2: yeah. Yes, yes. The so. thing of, it itself, of itself is a classic show. Yes. You, if we done that
0: in Funny or Die, uh, we oh. did, didn't we? Oh. Yes, we did. Yes, yeah.
2: we did an episode of that. We haven't bansheed it. We Funny or We have or bansheed it.
0: it. No, we didn't banshee it. This was a Funny or Die. We did. Uh, we did oh, an episode yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, very, very good show. I enjoyed it. Malcolm Tucker, I believe, is my spirit animal, and in so many ways, yours as well. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Your management style, I feel, is, comes a lot right? from the Tucker school of dealing with people. Uh, Thank you. Sounds good. Okay, next. right, right. Next, next, next. We have, we have, we have. Are you ready? Are you ready? State of Play. The Ooh. 2003 Paul Ooh. Abbott miniseries, not the Very 2007 good. Russell Crowe film yes. based on the same material. This is I would say one of the best thing that's ever been on British television. I agree. Uh, this was also 50p. Wow. Uh, really, really good that. Loved it. David Morrissey, uh, John Sims. It's about... Uh, Sim. Sim. Sims. No, it's not Sims. Yep, John Sims. There's only one David of him. Morrissey's. <laughs> David Morrissey's. David Morrissey and John Sims. And it's about uh, misconduct in office, the murder of a, of a researcher, a journalist investigating. Loads to unpack. Big twist. Very good. Love that. <laughs>
1: Let's go to this computer exchange. I feel. Well,
0: like you don't have to now because James has got you all the best P. things there. Well, I was about to say, if you go there, there will be no more TV P. TV stuff there because I've bought it all. I feel they should be sponsoring this podcast. Yeah, right? yes. yeah. Okay. We've got another one coming up. You ready? Ready. This one cost a pound. So oh, I splashed out a little bit good. on this one. It ran from 2005 to the present day, thus, frankly, breaking the rules of Banshee. But let's not worry about that. It is supernatural. The complete first season.
1: Do you know, I've never watched a single episode of and Supernatural.
0: Now we can remedy that. This stars uh, Jared Padalecki and Jensen Ackles. And my understanding of this show from talking to Helen is there's lots of male nipples in it. Uh, lots of topless Winchesters, Ooh. maybe some occasional Wincest. Is there any cocks? Um, I don't believe there are 30 cocks at any point during this show. Oh, but you it. never know. It could happen. Okay. Uh, this is supernatural a supernatural Cox. procedural that has demons and angels and poltergeists and goblins and Indigos and shit like that in it.
1: It's the tagline, it's the creepy, the demented, the <laughs> unexplained, the unearthly.
0: Alden Aram writes in that. He's in an episode. I think it might be from that season. He's in the episode Wendigo. I don't know if that's I like the fact that two. the box on Supernatural is being held together by sellotape Yeah. Very, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. what do you want for a pound, boy? Yeah. What do you want for a pound? Oh. Okay. I'm going back into the box. I'm going back into the box. Okay. Oh, see, now this is oh my a show. God, this is extraordinary. Isn't it? Isn't it? It's, and there's no end in sight. I'm not even done the second carrier bag yet. So, right. This ran from 2003 to 2007. I know Terry's already watched it, but I also know she'll love it. It was created by Josh Schwartz. It is the OC, yes! season one. one, of, one the greatest. of the greatest teen shows. Absolutely. Ever to grace the small screen. Extraordinarily Absolutely. well written. Uh deal you probably love the class disparity in it and the I dealing am of Ryan. class. Yeah, you Ryan. are Ryan, Ryan. Ryan straight out of prison, whisked away to an Orange County <laughs> yes. rich person's home. Um And
1: Sandy Cohen is is the man we all wanted to marry. Are you
0: Ryan or are you are you Julie
1: Cooper?
0: <laughs> I <am>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean are, mean, you, are you Melinda Clark's Julie Cooper? Put
1: those two things together.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this, this, of course, of course, this is a, a show that featured our theme tune composer Billy from the Subways uh-huh. appears in an episode oh, of this because they yeah. played the bait shop. Incredible. Yeah, um, uh, yeah it's. Uh, I know. I, I I love this. This was such a shame though. This show because it was so good. And then I can't remember. Was it that um, that Misha Barton left? Yes. Or did they write her out? Uh, did she leave she and then They wrote her and out. And then,
1: and but they killed her off. Yeah, they killed her off. Can't you remember? Because the Marissa, because Marissa, Marissa, Marissa the car crash, and there's that amazing shot of Ryan carrying her body. Mm. Oh, God, it'll start me crying. And didn't they replace
0: her with Taylor, who was sh- such Awful. a shit character?
1: Awful, like the kind of bucky, nerdish girl who's normally a side character. So kind mm. of respect for that, but also she was tedious.
0: She was tedious.
1: And Ryan would never have got over Marissa's But, death. like,
0: Cohen was always my favourite ace because yeah. he had the best dialogue. But also... Oh, he's he, a massive he, like, nerd. But he had, he had, on the one hand, he had, uh, he had Summer... Yes. super hot summer and then you remember Samara Armstrong yeah. came in as the super geeky other hot girl it's just like what is
1: happening I know they fought why over him has
2: this never happened mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. um, yes that is yeah, the OC. Brody playing the nerdy like, yeah. re- like not particularly attractive guy really but really good also Peter Gallagher in this yeah, as well they're
1: oh. all amazing in it such
2: they? a good cast yeah this was this was
0: good the OC is great do watch the OC it's available for not a lot of money up next up next is a show. For the one pound for the OC season one. I cashed in. I really, I had no expense was spared on your birthday this year, Terry. No. Uh, our next show round from 2006 to 2013. It was a Showtime popular hit. It starred Michael C. Hall and Jennifer Carpenter. It is Dexter, the complete first season for one pound. I've also never seen Dexter. Dexter. I know everyone always
1: says that I missed it and I've always wanted I've always meant to go back to the beginning and just start it and watch the entire thing. So you know what it's about? And yeah, yeah, Yeah. serial killer. He's a serial killer turned police
0: Kind of. So, so he's he's like so it's based on uh, the books by Jeff Lindsay and he uh, so Dexter is a full bore psychopath. Yeah. But he his adopted father kind of teaches him to channel his psychopathy into just killing evil doers. So he works as a kind of forensic pathologist, like a CSI guy, uh, who specialises ironically in blood spatter. And uh, so, but while he's doing his day job with the Miami Dade Police Department, he's also murdering the shit out of
2: people.
1: But only bad guys. Uh,
2: generally bad guys. Yes.
1: I've seen on ITV1?
2: It probably yeah, It was
1: on, on ITV. ITV? Yeah,
2: unbelievably. They started, they showed it. The, ITV went through this period of showing American imports, trying American imports out. I think they showed it on a Saturday night quite wow. late. Yeah, and hardly anyone know, watched it. Yeah, and it ended up, I think it's all now on Sky. Yeah, but Dexter, well.
0: genuinely Dexter was amazing fantastic. television. Yeah. It, unfortunately, it goes properly yeah, it off went, the rails. It, bonkers, it goes so, for, yeah. I want to say, about eight seasons or something. Yeah. And the last two of which were almost unwatchable. The last one was dreadful and the finale is one of the worst finales of all time. But it had some really great He used to have, like, a guest serial killer or a guest person. John Lithgow was was a really good one when John Lithgow was in. So the first uh, season is based on the first book. So it's quite tight and self-contained. And then it becomes its own thing after that. Um, But what's really weird is so he calls his impulse to kill the dark passenger. Uh, So he talks about his dark passenger, which is his need to kill. And weirdly, the books take a really strange turn, where the dark passenger is actually, like, some weird demonic entity that possesses him and it goes oh. a bit supernatural and that let's be honest is just shit but uh, that doesn't happen in the well, show because presumably
1: so. if, he, if it becomes that then you can't get into like, the moral and intellectual yeah. quandary which is what makes murder. this show so yeah. good
0: because he really wrestles with yeah. the fact that he's a sociopathic yeah. killer uh, and yeah it's really really good I very much recommend you watch that and now you can yeah. what have we got next okay so <laughs> the next show I got you for the lols ran from 1991 <laughs> to 1995 it was created by Rick Mail and Adrian Edmondson. It is Bottom, and here is the first series of Bottom. Wow. This is not my kind of show. I don't like no. it. I don't find it funny. Oh, my
1: God. This is like the antithesis of everything you like. But i gotta be
0: honest, I got to be honest. It costs 50p, so who cares? 50 Oh, my
1: God. There's a rancid stench in the air, a rumbling in the trousers, and a rumpus in the offing.
0: There were just two massive bellends living in a flat in Hammersmith, and that was essentially the show, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. This
1: is so not you. No.
0: That's, that's, that's
1: 50p. Not.
0: 50p. 50p. Our... Next show. <laughs> Ran from 1997 to 2003 and then it returned. Some might say triumphantly, some might say not. In 2016 and it's still hanging around like a bad smell. It is, of course, Cold Feet oh. Season 1. This is back when it was good. Yeah. There you go. Remember that?
1: I do remember With that. Helen
0: Baxendale constantly going, Adam,
1: Adam! Adam! I was quite glad when she got killed off. Oh so, uh, yeah, <laughs> quite at, a, at a dodgy
0: intersection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Should I really be... I really enjoyed this show, actually. Uh,
1: it was great. It should never have come back.
0: It should never Clearly.
1: have come back. Clearly. Jenny and Pete
0: are just... Don't love you anymore, Pete. love you anymore, Pete. She's so posh, favouritely, in real life. Yeah, really, like cut glass oh, no. accent. It no. doesn't sound anything like that in real life. I would say cut glass. Oh, no, but she's, she's very... posh. I mean, she's not Downton Abbey posh. I but wouldn't she's... say no. cut glass. No.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> right. Boyd wouldn't say oh, cut no, glass. I would not say
0: cut glass. All right, fine. Well, speaking of Downton Abbey posh, our next yeah. show... <laughs> Oh my our God. next show I am not watching that shy from Julian <laughs> Fellows
2: It's already gone sour
0: It ran from 2010 to 2015 and it's triumphant return on the big screen is almost upon us It is of course Downton fucking Abbey I would rather chop something off Which you are absolutely going to watch and well, perhaps what will our next thing will be Terry watches some of these and has to feedback on them I want you to watch Downton Abbey I want you to watch the whole first season oh. of that glorious show You'll be loving Mrs Patmore You'll be rooting for Mr. Ugh. Carson.
1: I hate period shit.
0: Excuse me, J.J. Abrams was obsessed with that show, like, properly obsessed. Is like, that what, That's why you like it. No, you? no, no, no. I loved it no, beforehand. It so sense. I interviewed J.J. Abrams for The Force Awakens, and he was telling me about his Downton Abbey obsession, and I may or may not have accidentally given away that a major character died, and he was absolutely mortified because <laughs> I ruined the show for that's him. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah.
1: Okay, I'm going to, before next week's pod, I'm going to watch one episode of Downton yes. Abbey.
0: Yes. you must. It must be the first one.
1: Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was just going to choose a random episode. You might, you I might. will watch season one, episode one.
0: Okay, you ready? We're on to plastic bag number two now. <laughs> okay, the first from plastic bag number two, which ran from 2008 to 2013. It was created by Toby Whitehouse. It stars Boyd's celebrity friend Russell oh. Tovey. It is, of course, being human. <laughs> Series one. Have you seen Being Human? Yes. You have seen Being yeah, Human? I,
1: I didn't watch it all.
0: Uh, no, well, it goes properly shit. Yeah. Uh, but it's, no, it really does though, doesn't it? Come boy, I'd admit it. Although weirdly, it gets shit when Russell leaves. So yeah, of course, yeah. So that's why. Yeah. So this was uh, a vampire, a ghost and a werewolf living together in London. <laughs> it's actually really, really fun. I enjoy Ooh, It is London, is it, is it London? Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, or is it? Is it Manchester or something? Is it
2: Wales? Could it be Wales? Wales?
0: It might be Wales. Oh, be Wales. I just assume it's <laughs> London because I'm horribly London-centric, but it might be Wales. <laughs> is it Cardiff?
2: Yeah, I think it's something like that. Yeah, yeah blah, 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 blah. Well,
0: they're in a house. Anyway, anyway they're, they're in a they're house. In a house. Yeah, um, yeah. But it goes like, do you remember like, it, like uh, Aidan Turner leaves, and yeah. Russell Tovey leaves in like the next episode, the ghost girl leaves, and so you have, complete have a complete change yeah. of cast, and then a time jump as well. And it just, it, I mean, it falls off a cliff, doesn't yeah. it really? But yeah. it was loads of fun early on, and I think, Terry, you will, you will enjoy revisiting, revisiting that glory. Now, next, next up... Is a show that ran from 2008 to 2014. It was created by Alan Ball of Six Feet Under Fame. It features more boobs, bums, fannies, and willies than every episode of Warrior combined. It is, of course, true blood. And here is the first season for a pound.
1: That's very good. I watched half of the first season. That was it? Yeah. Do, you,
0: do you not like it? Do you not sucked in? No pun intended. <laughs>
1: Not massively. No? No. S- vampires? Oh, like sexy vampires. vampires? I'll give it another go. Alexander
0: Skarsgård with long hair, Skars- looking a bit super sexy. Skarsgård
1: is, is a definite pull.
0: Sheriff Northman.
1: Yes. And didn't, um, was she, like, shagging a vampire? Yes. Yeah. Well, it's
0: it's, 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 uh, it's Moya, isn't it? It's like, who she's married to now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, Vampire Bill.
1: Vampire Bill, right. Yeah,
0: and she's Suki Stackhouse. I mean, the Southern Waitress, who, spoiler, turns out to be a fairy. That's not a slur, literally a fairy. One of the Fae. She's turns out she's a fairy.
1: Fairies aren't real, though.
0: Well, neither are vampires, werewolves, and whatever else is oh, in yeah. this, but, you know, it's a TV show. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you. Right. Being human set in Bristol, of course.
2: Bristol! And what I think is, did you mention this when you, when you handed over, that you've got, this is the complete second series? Is it? Yes. Oh. <laughs> well, okay. They didn't have the first series, so you got the second series. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh,
0: next up is a show, an HBO show that ran from 2009 to 2011. It stars Thomas Jane as a man with an enormous penis, oh, it is yeah. of course hung. Oh, yeah. The season one of Hung.
1: I have not watched this.
0: I'll be honest, neither have I. But no. what can I tell you? It was one pound fifty. So I thought that's you quite
1: know, expensive. I know,
0: I know. I was feeling a little bit, uh, a little bit yeah. extravagant by this point.
1: Um. Wow, wow. And it was the... an
2: interesting show, Hung. Yeah, it was. It was. It was cover. These... Yeah, it was a good cover.
1: His feet are so big they've burst out of the sock. Yeah. Is that meant to I be? be yeah. a metaphor. A oh, metaphor for his yeah. giant cock.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Middle-aged, divorced, broke, gigolo. It's hard to make an indecently. What the fuck is
2: this? (laughs) Well, you can watch it and find out. Was it Good Boy? Do you recommend Hung? It was was one of those shows where the initial premise was so interesting and, you know, daring that the actual show didn't quite live up to it. But, yeah, it's worth checking out. Now, up next is
0: perhaps the most important thing in this entire bag. It is, let's be honest, the main reason I went to the shop in the first place. Uh... It was created by Rockne S. and It ran from 1999 to 2003. I couldn't get you the first season, so I did get you the second season, but that doesn't really matter because the second season, which heralds the arrival of John Crichton's leather trousers, is, of course, when it gets good. It's Fire Escape.
1: Oh, Fire Uh. Escape. Fire Escape. What the fuck?
0: That's it. That's Scorpius. What is happening? The guy in the fetish gear on the front, that's Scorpius. He's a half-Scaran hybrid.
1: Why does he look like that?
0: Because he's a half scarron hybrid, and he has to have special cooling rods inserted into his skull to keep his core body temperature down, lest he die of the living death. Because he's half sebation, half scarron. And scarrons are very hot, and sebations are. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Fire escape. Oh, my Far- God. <laughs>
2: Farscape. Is it Farscape Season 1? Farscape Season 2. Season uh, Farscape
0: season, season two. Yeah. Are you really going for the Season two? Yeah. Well, they didn't have Season 1. And also, Season 1's a bit shit, where Season 2 gets oh, a lot okay. better. So I thought, Wow. Yeah.
1: This is one DVD I am never going to watch. You
0: say that, but it's compulsory. It's, it would be rude not to watch all of these. Oh, it would, I know. So, you have to do it. Right. Next up, and we are getting close to the end, so bear with me. Uh, this ran from 2000 to 2004. It was created by Stephen Moffat. It is, of Moffat. course, <laughs> coupling.
1: Yeah. The Complete first oh, yeah.
0: series soaring Jack Davenport.
1: Look at that DVD cover.
0: Who designed it? That's amazing. It's Photoshop <laughs> yeah, for like beginners, isn't it? It is it
1: its Photoshop for beginners. I
0: really liked coupling when it was first. So time. did yeah, I. It was great. But would well, you remember it would always build up to like uh, Jack Davenport would have like one massive monologue that he would deliver mm. each series, mm. yeah. yeah, and to, to great applause at the end of it. Yeah, for sure. The Stephen Moffat kind of figure of the show. Yeah, obviously. yeah. But uh, Richard Coyle was my favourite in this oh, by yeah, a country mile, he he was... and he's not in the final series, which is when didn't it move? It didn't uh, move to Channel Five for the final series, and actually. Got really shit, and they didn't have Richard Coyle anymore. And it just, without him, I felt it all fell mm. apart because he had as Jeff uh, the he bulk of the jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, were you a fan? Big yeah, fan? small, pretty fan.
1: much. No, I was. I, there's a quote on the back from the Daily Express: "Friends with sexy bits."
0: <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but they did. They didn't. They push this as kind of UK yeah, friends yeah. They at the did, time. Yeah. That's how they. Which I think
1: it. is totally missing the point yeah, of the fucking thing. Yeah,
0: it wasn't like friends. It was a really fun show. I really liked it. It even made me laugh. Mm. Wow! Okay. My God, God still
1: Sarah oh, Alexander. What happened to Sarah Alexander? She still
2: does stuff. Yeah, you know. Was what it... was she last in? Uh, she was in a show on UK TV that I can't remember the name of. Well, about what... ghosts. Which one, ghost. Sarah
0: Alexander? Is she the which one's she oh that's um, it's uh, Peter Finner, which is wife, yeah she's it? meant to be Peter yeah. Finner,
1: but that isn't that isn't her
0: job <laughs> no I, <laughs> I mean indeed. frankly so I've she... seen Peter Finner, which it probably is
2: <gasps> oh, <laughs> Auburn. Oh, Auburn. Wow. I don't even know what that means I mean I don't either really a lovely man. <laughs> man he's a lovely man Peter Serafinowicz and she's fantastic as well <laughs> right Right, next Whoa. up, Whoa. next up, Whoa. next up
0: is a show I know you've seen, but I also know you love. It ran from 1998 to 2003, and even though I'm giving her presents, Terry is still on her laptop doing other things, but that's fine. <laughs> it I mean? was created by Kevin Williamson. It is, of course, Dawson's Creek. Yes.
1: Ah. Oh, interesting. Best of seasons one and two. Yeah, oh. see, this
0: was a curious one. It's that's like weird. a compilation. DVD, yeah, okay. The very best.
1: Oh, hang on. So it's, it's got four episodes, weirdly. The scare, which is the Friday the Thirteenth ripoff. Oh, that, was, that was the beauty yeah. contest where they enter Joey so she can get the five grand for <laughs> for, um, for college, and that's when Pacey first falls in love with her, and he's helping her prepare for it. The kiss, which is when Joey and Dawson kiss for the first time, and then his leading lady, um, which was the one with Rachel Lee Cook. Um, and what ever
0: happened to Rachel Lee Cook?
1: I don't know. she also married like, to Peter oh, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Four very random episodes. Interesting. That's weird. Extra yeah. features include isolated score.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you always want the isolated yeah. score.
0: Yeah, I love, God. I love an isolated Great. score. Yeah. Who is, honestly, I've got to ask this question. Who is watching the best of Dawson's Creek season one and two with an isolated <laughs> score with only four and episodes. no dialogue? I know. That is oh fucking nuts.
1: I'm going to, like, me and this DVD are going to have a very lovely time together this weekend. <laughs> I bet you are.
0: <laughs> right. Up next is a show that Boyd has already bansheed. Wow. And I, I think Terry was quite dismissive of it, so I think it's only oh, right that sure. she'd be forced now to watch it It ran from 2007 to 2012. It's damages. It's got Ga- oh, Glenn yeah. Close in it. It's <laughs> absolutely awesome. And it costs 50p. It's fine. What season is that? First one. OK. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to get the first one where possible. Yeah. You know, I was oh, my to be God.
1: Helpful. Okay, I'm going to read you the two quotes on the front. I mean, critics are the worst, <laughs> right? So, London Light said, The Sopranos with a law degree. Oh, Christ, and yeah. The Times said, The Devil Wears Prada. For lawyers,
0: that's both. Those are both woefully inaccurate and just shit. That's great. Yeah, yeah. It's a really good show. It's a really good show. I I do recommend you watch it. Also, that first, you can even just watch the first season because it's kind of got a self-contained little mystery within the Mm. first season. So uh, that might be good for you. Right up next is a show that ran from 2013 to 2016 for three seasons. It was set in Belfast. It stars Jamie Dornan and Gillian Anderson. It's the modern masterpiece that is. The Fall. And this is series one and two. Did you see this? Did you see this? I
1: think ball? I watched you, one episode no
0: I don't believe you do you know why because you would absolutely love that would I it's grim as fuck and it's really yeah. good it's it was so controversial here,
2: though controversial in its in its detailed depiction of serial killing of women yeah but also in that he's like he's a very I'm, like he's the ooh. killer he's really
0: charismatic mm, in it and yeah. as the series goes on he becomes a more magnetic it's, this sounds amazing
1: yeah, you become yeah, really great, conflicted yeah. this sounds amazing it, it is
2: yeah. it's really really good but you, your feelings to him it. I think it's still her best role and yeah. I say that including the X-Files I, I, I think that like your feelings towards
0: him, become very uncomfortable, I think, mm. as it goes on because he's really likeable and also nuts. And the very end of the first episode, which I won't ruin for you, is really shocking and very upsetting. Ooh. So you will love it.
1: Oh my God. Right. There we go. That may be uh, trumping Dawson's Creek to be and the first one. That watch. was
0: worth the £2 that oh, I spent on that.
1: That's the most expensive one in the entire
0: this pile. Features, by the way, entering its fourth hour. Yeah, of... it is. It is. There's no, there's no <laughs> end to sight. No, we are. We're nearly at the bottom of the bag. Nearly at the bottom of the bag. So the next one I have for you, and this cost me £2.50. So let's, you know. Whoa. Uh, Ran from 2014 to the present day it is, I would argue. You're actually writing an
2: email. I see you typing <laughs> I mean, as I be- give you gifts. I mean, that's because it's probably sunset now. And, it doesn't you know, matter. Got- this, is, this, is, this is
0: all for Terry. <laughs> it's
2: all for you, Damien. All for
0: you. Um, Come on, then. Right, okay. £2.50. Now, this I think is one of, or was when it first started, one of the best sort of like s- slightly trashy young adult sci-fi teen shows on TV. That's quite niche and a bit of a low yeah. bar to clear. But I really like this. It is called The Hundred. Oh, and it's I remember based that, on young yeah novel and yeah. it's about a group of people they've been living like the world became uninhabitable so they've been living in a space station for ages and they want to know if the world is inhabitable again so they do what everyone would do they put a hundred kids into a shuttle and send them down to this scorched earth That
1: seems harsh
0: isn't Ricky Whittle in it and, us, and it's got Ricky Whittle in it Yay! Yes. As one of the grounders, who are essentially the humans who survived the Holocaust and now live in this sort of feral lifestyle down below, and so these 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 people, the, uh, the what they call um, that like Sky Crew, the people from the space station, who are all teenagers because they're the ones sent down, have to coexist with these grounder people, and there's all sorts of stuff goes on. There's Why AI. would you send
1: teenagers? Wouldn't you send like OAPs because they're going to die soon anyway? You
0: probably would, but this is this is, <laughs> this, is this is you know television um, but this was loads of fun I really enjoyed this I, I binged I think maybe the first three or even four years of this like I watched wow. a lot of it oh and God. then it just got silly so this I stopped this looks atrocious no genuinely That's it's not also that. quite scary uh, it's, not, it's not scary it's quite sweary for, mm. for one of these it's shows Like it's 18 it's an 18 Like look it's at that it's like, on E4 it was an E4 18, like, 18 like, rated it's a hard it's 18 weird. it's quite gory it's very scary there's some sexy bits in it uh, and yet it is a, 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 a sort of teen show so it's, it's a little unclear who it's aimed at if I'm yeah. honest with you but um actually not bad the 100 and Ricky Whittle's exit from that show is quite
2: controversial, I seem to remember.
0: Yes, yes. If you want to he, Google that. He dies. he dies uh, because he, he, he started getting jobs and things like American Gods. Yeah. So, you know, they couldn't yeah. they couldn't hold on to him for, for, for any longer. Right. Next up. And I splashed out on this one, and I, I debated whether or not this was worth the £2.50 that I spent on it, but I did it anyway. Now, this is a show that ran for two seasons from 2014 to 2015. It's created by Ron D. Moore of Battlestar Galactica and Outlander Fame. It was on a sci-fi channel, uh, and it is called Helix. And it is one of those niche sci-fi shows that I talk about and you rolled your eyes at, but now it is all this yours. This is classic Banshee. Yet, this is classic Banshee, yet. I know. And weirdly enough, Helix is one of the shows I had planned to Banshee. Of and course. let's be honest, let's be honest, I may yet Banshee it, because nothing I've you done today, know. nothing I've done today precludes the possibility of Bansheeing all of this stuff properly down the line. I'm just I saying So this, this, this starred uh, Billy Campbell as a CDC guy, and he's head of this team. They head to a remote Arctic research facility where infections and disease have outbroken they're turning people into zombies there are conspiracies and government agents and actually it was genuinely good and you had no idea what was happening which I think is probably true in the writers room as well Um, season 2 went a bit off the rails and there was a religious cult and I kind of stopped watching it but this first one was really good
1: I mean this absolutely looks like the worst way (laughs) of spending time (laughs) and I can't believe you spent £2.50 on it I
0: did, I did we're nearly done the end is in sight. The end is in sight. The next show ramped in 2005 to 2009 and then returned in 2017. No. It was created by Paul Shearing. It stars Wentworth Miller and Dominic Purcell and Sarah Wayne Callies and Robert Nepper. And Peter Stomari, it's Prison Break.
1: Yes.
0: Did you watch Prison Break?
1: I did. I watched the first season.
0: The first season of Prison Break is genuinely brilliant television. Yes, it is. Uh, so what anyone happened? doesn't know uh, they brought he that plays, back as well yeah, yeah Wentworth- Miller, that's what I was through. saying in 2017 oh. so, so oh. Wentworth oh. Miller plays Michael Schofield who deliberately gets himself incarcerated because his brother Lincoln is on death row and he wants to break him out but crucially what he does is he becomes familiar with the ins and outs of the prison because he helped design it because he's like an architect and he has all of this information tattooed on his body in an incredibly elaborate pattern and each episode he like looks at like a bit of his arm and finds a bit of his <laughs> tattoo which lets him know how to get into a specific part of the prison as his kind of escape plan falls into place. Uh, and it's loads and loads of fun, and it was so good. And then season one finished, and they clearly had no clue what to do with a show called Prison Break, which was yeah. no longer set in a prison. So series two was about them, What well, they were trying to bait back into prison and then they got sent to Panama and were in prison there and then there was a weird government conspiracy involving something called Scylla and a secret computer thing and it's just been drivel ever since but that first season is great
1: yeah and it was, should have been a one and done right like-
0: yeah absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely. but it was really popular it became, it became kind of a, a big thing at the time so right we're almost done there's only one left <laughs> And if going. I had thought this through in a more dramatic way, I'd have maybe ended on a high, yeah. like with a, with a big bang. There is no big bang because we've even talked about the show before, but this uh, was a show that ran from 2000 to 2004. It was co created by your friend of mine, Graham Linehan. <laughs> it is. The complete black books, seasons one, two and three for one pound fifty. Wow I Can't say fairer than that. That show is great.
1: That is a bargain.
0: Yeah, we've never bansheed black books because we did do it in funny or Die, but really really funny. Dylan Moran in this is, is genius. I, I think he's he's very, very, very funny.
1: James, this is like overwhelming.
0: So, so it may it may, also also actually added up to more than I thought it would when I got to the checkout, but there you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, we, no shit. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I hadn't meant to spend that much on you, but there we go. That's Terry with a birthday present. <laughs> oh, look at that big stack of TV, which now Anyone who knows Terry, Terry will know that this, along with everything else she's ever been given, would normally just sit in a bag under her desk for at least the next 18 months and yeah. never be looked at again. However, however, I will not stand for that. So I'm going to make sure you take this home and then I'm going to quiz you to make sure you've been watching them.
1: Well, I'm taking the full home this weekend. Yes. I'm going to take it out and to Downton. my party Surely tonight. Downton. And then um, I will tell you what I thought of it next week. On good. this very podcast,
0: there's some good stuff in there, some good stuff, and some absolute unmitigated shit. shit. But still, still, there we go. That is it for the bumper birthday banshee bonanza. And are there are
2: actually forty DVDs there. Is that is that? If you can, do you know what? what
0: considering multi- some of the sets and they have yeah. multiple discs, there probably are about forty discs in there. One for every year of your life.
1: <sighs> this this is like looking at the next forty years of yeah, my life. Yeah.
0: I, at this point, I imagine many of our listeners are praying for a, for a swift death. So I'm going to say that is not just the end of the bumper birthday banshee bonanza, which I never tire of saying but also the end of another episode of the Pilot TV podcast Uh, please do feel free to follow us all on Twitter you can follow me on at James C. Dyer Boyd on at Boyd Hilton and Terry on at Terry underscore White though she will not be getting back to you because she has a lot of stuff to get through on the television Uh, don't forget to book tickets for our live show Uh, we're on the Instas as well if you prefer that to Twitter and even if you're an Apple hater I would urge you to hop over to iTunes and bestow us a generous five star rating not not the one star rating we got from DiddyB64 who said no class i can't understand why there has to be so much bad language in a podcast reviewing tv shows <laughs> Brace yourselves for the first base response to that, but uh, bollocks to that.
2: Oh. Uh, <laughs> You've risen above. Yes, I have. They go uh,
0: low, you go high. I did, that's right. Yeah. I've taken the higher ground. Yeah, I've,
2: well, done.
0: Um, we'll be back next week with another batch of telly for you, including season three of Stranger Things. Yes, it's back to the 80s for more supernatural fun, and I am pretty excited about that one. But until then, pilot out.